Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, let me tell you about uh, Good Ranchers. Um, the uh, The price of beef is already high. It is going to go up, according to experts, another 15% in 2023. You're already overpaying. There's no reason. Our ranchers are being ripped off by these food processing companies, uh, and you're being ripped off. Uh, here's the good news. You can lock in your price on all of the meat you buy with Good Ranchers. If you subscribe to Good Ranchers... Uh, you're going to be immune to the price increases. Just as importantly, all the beef and chicken and everything else you're buying is 100% American. High quality beef, seafood, and chicken, all American from GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code Glen. Lock in your price for the entire year. Price is going to go up, but not for you. GoodRanchers.com, promo code Glen. During World War One and slightly before, you had the Fabian Socialists, and these were guys who believed in a lot of the things that we're seeing today. They were nihilists, they were anti-human, uh, and they followed the science. And Rudyard Kipling wrote a poem about truths, eternal truths, which he called the gods of the copybook headings. It ends in a return of truths. All of the truths are chased out by these uh, experts. And then the gods of the market tumbled and their smooth tongue wizards withdrew and the hearts of the meanest were humbled and began to believe it was true that all is not gold that glitters and two and two do make four. And the gods of the copybook headings limped up to explain it once more. So when truth was beginning to be restored, here's what happened. As it will be in the future, it was at the birth of man. There were only four things certain since social progress began. That the dog returns to his vomit and the sow returns to her mire. And the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And after all of this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return. I'm gonna give you an example 
of art imitating life, yet art is just ahead of real life, and it is heralding the return of the copybook headings in 60 seconds. Ever had that moment, maybe when you're standing there in front of the bathroom mirror, you know, buttoning up the sleeves of your shirt in the morning, and you're, you just think, I couldn't have done that a while ago. I have those moments all the time. I was in pain. I used to, my wife used to get up with me in the morning, and it was so humiliating. She would have to button my shirts in the morning or tie my shoes because I was in so much pain, I couldn't do it. I started taking relief factor and I try I went to the Mayo Clinic. I went everywhere to try to stop pain. Nothing really worked unless it just drugged me out. Relief factor has changed my life. Give relief factor a try right now. It was developed by doctors and 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. So try it for three weeks. Relieffactor.com. 800, the number four relief. 800 for relief. Relieffactor.com. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. So uh, we're going to talk about the M&M's controversy here in just a minute. We're going to cover all the really important stuff um, today. But I want to start with a couple of cultural things that I think are important. Um, I saw the movie The Menu last Saturday. And as a horror black comedy drama it's well written. It's well acted. Um, it's a new concept. It's not a retread of anything. And four out of five stars. Absolutely worth seeing if you like this kind of thing. But what this movie, what this movie really says, um, is really worth the price of admission. What this movie is actually saying about the view of the American left is much more terrifying than the plot. Now, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil some of it, but not all the stuff at the ending. But um, it's worth spoiling some of the plot because the unwritten motive of the writers or the producers, or I don't know, is much more interesting than the actual movie, and it's worth seeing. So it was written by two comedy writers. Uh, one is the he spent most of his time writing uh, late night with Seth Meyers. He wrote for The Onion. Um, he's uh, Seth Rice. And then uh, Will Tracy was the other guy. And he wrote for Trevor Oliver and also for The Onion. Um, and, you know, I, I commend them. This is a dark comedy. And it is really, really it's really good. Not so funny, but uh, ironic, you might say. And I don't know what their intentions were, but to me, this movie shows the psyche of the elite and the Hollywood left. Let me just explain what the movie is quickly. The movie is, it starts out with this uh, Tyler Ledford. He's a foodie. He's really into food and he's, he's waiting for the uh, the boat to pull up to take him to this fancy restaurant and he's talking down to this girl that he's with and he's like don't don't i take food very seriously this is very serious and he he gets on the boat and he eats you know like an oyster and he's like oh my gosh and he's just that guy that everybody would hate okay he's just oh oh the the flavor do you have do you, do you have the the oaky finish at the end of you. Oh, shut up. Okay. So he's traveling 
to this exclusive restaurant uh, by this celebrity chef on this island. And and it is really exclusive, only like 15 people a night. uh, And it's, I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars per person. Okay, the other guests that are attending are the food critic. She's Lillian Bloom, food critic, and her editor, Ted. Okay. Then there's Richard and Ann. Uh, they go there all the time. They're regulars there. Then there's a movie star, George and his personal uh, assistant. And then there's the business partners of the restaurant, three guys, kind of Silicon Valley kind of guys. And then for some reason, uh, the chef's alcoholic mother is in the corner. But um, so they get to the island and the the maitre d' greets them at the boat, says to the first guy who's the foodie, wait a minute, you said you were bringing this woman and this isn't the woman you said where I know I changed it at the last minute. And there's some tension there and you don't understand why. So then she goes on, she gives a tour of everything, and it's very, very weird. Then dinner begins, and the chef seems to have like 30 guys behind him, you know, men and women, you know, apprentice chefs, if you will. And they are, uh, it's like military. Yes, chef! Uh, and it's, it's cultish, cultish. So he introduces all of the courses, and each course comes with a really unsettling monologue. Uh, after the third course, uncomfortable truths about each guest, uh, you know, from embezzlement to affairs and everything else, is printed on a tortilla. Each one gets an individual tortilla, and something exposing them is on that tortilla. The fourth course comes out and the sous chef is crying and he's like, I thought I wanted this job. I don't want this job. Uh, And he then kills himself. Okay. The staff then makes it really clear. Yeah, there's a spoiler. I said earlier, the spoiler alert. I'm not going to tell you the ending, but I'm just telling you some of the things that are going on. Makes it clear. You can't leave. They cut off, you know, a guy's finger and everyone's like, what the hell? Okay. Um then they go into all of the ways that things are going to happen to people. And what it is, is each guest was invited by the chef to come that night because he says they were responsible or contributed to him losing his passion for his craft or just making a living off of his work and the work of artisans. uh, And they have to be stopped. Okay, so this is a very elitist chef who is talking about, you know, you are going to you're going to be dining on a whole ecosystem tonight. And it's all very uh, just so pretentious, the entire thing. But he thinks the people that are there are pretentious and they are. And he says, you know, nobody's going to walk out of here uh, alive. Now, the girl that was not supposed to be there, we find out that she's. a a hooker okay and she was hired to be there with that guy all right won't give you all the details but it's it's uh it's pretty amazing but you kind of get it right off the bat that she's probably you know a hooker she's not a hooker she's an escort so let me summarize we have a chef who lost his passion for his job recruits a staff of perhaps 30 who in the end follow him into this death cult 
He blames his loss of passion on those who come to his restaurant. He blames uh, uh, those who are in the restaurant for the loss of his restaurant during COVID because they had to close, not the government. He blames the angel investor who took control because the chef would not compromise on any of his extravagant uh, ingredients. And when I say extravagant, I don't mean, hey, you should replace, you know, the Colby steak with uh, Salisbury steak. I mean, extravagant. Okay. A massaged cow is not extravagant in this restaurant. So here's here's why I wanted to talk to you about this. In this movie, food is art, food is life, and art gives everything in life meaning. Now, I'm used to going to a movie and seeing the bad guy being, you know, a white guy, uh, you know, some European Nazi, you know, white supremacist, an oil guy, a Trump voter, conservative, you know, just even a Republican. Got it. Got it. The targets and Hollywood movies usually are, you know, from the farmlands, the hapless boob from the small town or somebody who doesn't understand Los Angeles or doesn't wear black like all those in the know in New York City. But here, the nihilist protagonist is himself a disgruntled elite. No question he's an elite, most likely lefty. And he finds abhorrent, not the people in the heartland. He finds abhorrent the people in his own class. Okay? So if you look at the list, you have a member of the critic class. This person just lives to set the rule and tastes for everybody else. The character is really very much the real life. Remember the movie Devil Wears Prada, the real monster, Anna Wintour? This person is so caught up in their own world of their own making that everything not uttered by them is beneath them. This this dialogue between these two characters, her and his uh, her assistant, sounds like any broadcast of MSNBC. It reads like the New York Times editorial board. It's the conversations, you know, you, you would hear from professors who have convinced themselves of all this gobbledygook on any university. It sounds like the World Economic Forum or the Washington Post or New York Times editorial. It's just you don't get it. That kind of attitude. Got it. The yes man is the sycophant that stays by her side. He's not yet ordained, but he so pathetically wants to be a part of that elite in that world. He'll say and do anything. He'll laugh at anybody's jokes. He doesn't realize everybody's laughing at his, you know, behind his, uh, you know, butt kissing back. This is the scene that happens at Vanity Fair's Met Gala every year. It just, I got to be invited. I want to be invited. I, I could be there. I could be there. Okay. All of that garbage that you get from the elites, that's there. The other victim includes the rich, easy target, but not just rich. He's the empty consumer. The rich, the rich aren't villains. Just the rich that consumes what is cool, trendy, and hip. Not because they like it. 
but they because they know everybody else who's anybody is consuming it. And so they will do what everybody else does because it's cool and they don't care about anything. They just want to be in that group, the mindless eater. Now, so far, do any of these characters sound like conservatives? Then there's the vain Hollywood type that will do or say anything just to keep his stardom alive and his guest, a producer who helped or enabled him. Then the angel investor, the angel investor was invited and had to die because he thought compromises should be made in the budget after covid while the chef knew there can be no compromise on art. Okay. The evil Silicon Valley financiers who are driven to greed and profit no matter what it takes. The foodie who is also a fake. While he talked a good game, you know, he did it to appear like an elite. He would be better than everyone else, but without any merit whatsoever. So far, what you have is the World Economic Forum. What you have is a microcosm of what we stand against. All of these people who are bogus. Now, the last is the hero of the story. The prostitute. Even though it's clear what she does by the, you know, really towards the beginning of the movie, she's identified as a giver, not a taker, as an artist, someone who understands the art of giving to others. Do you enjoy your work? Well, yes, she's a fellow artist, but she doesn't feel appreciated for what she can give to people. This is the hero, the professional sex worker. My first word after this movie was, wow. Not because it was a good movie, which it was. Wow. Because what it said about what's coming next. I'll tell you about it in 60 seconds. Okay, sometimes you buy meat. It says it's sourced in the USA. It's got the little flag product of the USA. That doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Uh, six, I think it's 60% of the food you buy is from overseas. Did you know that? That, that's not good. Our American ranchers are being put out of business right now. They're also saying that meat's going to go up by 15% this year. Right now, you can lock in the price of your meat for a year. It's not going to go up. And you can get over two pounds of chicken free in every box for a year when you subscribe to GoodRanchers.com. You want to start the year off right. You want to make sure you're taking care of your budget. You want the best meat. You also want to buy from American ranchers and farmers, American fishermen. You got it with chicken, fish, seafood, and meat from Good Ranchers. Order your box now. Sign up. Uh, use the promo code Glenn. Claim your free chicken for a year and $20 off your first box. Subscribe today goodranchers.com goodranchers.com american meat delivered 10 seconds station id so we're talking about the menu good movie but i really want to talk about this is art imitating life except art is ahead of life here This shows once everything else is consumed, they eat themselves. 
Okay, they they the elites will turn on themselves after the first course, which is you, middle America and all that that, you know, implies or represents the following courses are all going to be the elite, those higher elites who find uh, to that they the other people around them are not quite elite enough and they're all driven to madness by the loss of meaning. This is the theme of this program uh, this year internally is meaning, find meaning in things. So the loss of meaning is what drives this. And that is what's happening because of what society is teaching. It's meaningless. When words have no lasting meaning, when all of our idols are smashed into dust, when the story that holds us all together is shredded or lost, when our gods are money, power, and consumption, when our intellectuals only engage in what, excuse me, is mental masturbation over applied science and applied philosophy, there is no truth, and your only chance to grow in this society is to become a sycophant yes man and just never ask any questions. Just live your life day after day as a featherless parrot. Of course, you're not going to find any meaning in that. You won't find any meaning in that. The Menu is a really good movie, but what it says about the elite ruling class and social class is worth more than the ticket price because you witness in this movie what comes after the world slips into madness and the terror-filled return of eternal truths. This is the end of the Gods of the Copybook headings, and it actually kind of, for a dark comedy, actually kind of in the end filled me with hope because I'm pretty sure the writers get it, but I'm not sure any of the elites in Hollywood get it. They're all, fun. oh, this is such a great movie. The film is wonderful, and you should see the cinematography and all of that crap, which it's mocking and saying, you really don't have a reason to live. You're the problem. It's really a fascinating movie. It's called The Menu. Check it out. The Glenn Beck Program. <laughs> I know. Uh, if you're anything like me, you've invested a ton of time and effort, even money, into preserving your family's memories down through the years. Our stories are being lost. They are being taken. They are intentionally being destroyed. And we need to tell our family history. All of the pictures and the home videos, you know, you bought cameras and camcorders and films and tapes. You put some genuine effort into it, and all of that effort is slowly fading away. If you've had these things for 10, 15, 20 years, they are ready to just be lost forever. Legacy Box can help you. Legacy Box has helped me and my family with home movies and photos. You get digital copies back along with your originals. 
now in a format that's never going anywhere. You can get them on a thumb drive. You can get them on the cloud. It's it's a, an amazing product. You owe it to your family to safeguard your family story. Just go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Shop the exclusive offer on right now at LegacyBox.com slash Beck. And head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. You can subscribe there. Get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV when you use the promo code Glenn. Welcome, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the loss of meaning. You know, this is what, one reason I think we have such high uh, suicidal rates now is because nothing is true. Nothing means anything. Okay? Nothing. Nothing. And the things that are given meaning are ridiculous. Okay? Like, for instance, race. It's ridiculous. Why are we arguing about race? Race doesn't make a difference. Nothing. Nothing. It's the the merit inside of each of us. It is what you do with your life. Everything that is given power today is meaningless. And it's all part of that woke culture. Last year, and I can't I got to take this, and I'm only going to address this once. Last year, the M&M spokes candies... There's no such thing as a spokes candy. Got a refreshed look to reflect today's society. I don't know about you, but as I'm getting ready to watch a movie and I see the M&M guys, you know, strapped to that rocket about to go off. All I'm thinking is, can we stop with this stupid commercial? I've got my box of M&Ms. I want to watch the movie. I don't ever really fear for their life, but maybe that's me. Yesterday, the M&M brand continues, quote, to evolve to reflect a more dynamic, progressive world that we live in. Now, our lives were destroyed by, you know, the women, you know, the womanly uh, green M&M. And our life has been made much richer when she became non-binary. I don't know about you. Yesterday. The Eminem Mars company made a statement announcing an indefinite pause on their spokes candies because they realized that even a candy shoe can be polarizing, which is the last thing Eminem's wanted because they were just trying to bring people together. Really? So their new spokesperson is Maya Rudolph, who spent three years on Saturday Night Live. You can find her funny or not find her funny, you know, whatever company says they chose her because they want to make things fun again and she's still inclusive really is she because here's the problem you could have jesus but the minute jesus comes down and your your candy company says say these lines and they're woke lines you know a lot of people are going to be turned off by that so you really stop being inclusive Name one figure that is inclusive right now that's not polarizing to at least half the country. Okay? The reason why? Because you have to play the game. If you're going to work for these companies, you have to have the right words, acronyms, slogans, you know, race. This is inherently non-inclusive, but I digress. So they're making this statement, and what a surprise, right before the Super Bowl. 
And companies are learning that, you know, go, go woke, go broke. We're tired of companies trying to do more than what we're asking them to do. When it comes to M&Ms, here's what I want you to do. Make a yummy chocolate candy. I don't even care if it melts in my hand because I got past that lie of yours when I was about seven. They do melt in my hand, but they're yummy. You and your stupid spokes candy make no difference in my life or the life of anyone in the world. Your candy might, but the spokes candy doesn't. No one ever anywhere in all of time will say, you know, I was a once a little girl who thought I could never make it. But then that candy company put their yellow M&M in comfortable slingback shoes instead of the go-go boots. And I realized I can do it. I am important. It's not going to happen. Now, go woke, go broke also applies to comedy. The new woke, woke Velma. People are surprised this is a disaster. I didn't even have to watch it. I could have told you it was a disaster. This is the HBO Scooby-Doo spinoff, which doesn't even include Scooby-Doo. Shaggy has been replaced by a black man named Norville. Fred is the only white character, so he's evil. He's a privileged misogynist who can't dress or feed himself. Velma is a black Asian and Daphne is half Asian, half white, and they're both bisexual. Obviously, there's more than one lesbian kissing scene. Another scene features teenage boys kissing, and there's plenty of examples of doinks sexualizing children. So, what happens when you let woke bullies take control of what should be considered funny? See, they do what they always do they don't write comedy. Because they don't believe comedy is funny. They believe comedy. You're not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to clap angrily. Yes. Finally. They're making out. Yes. That's what their comedy is. Now, I'm not against satire. Laughter is the test of truth. A joke is playful judgment. It conceals the ugliness of the world. And it uncovers the ugliness of uh, of the world and leftists, boy, they are not a group winning many beauty contests lately. This is literally the subplot of one of the Velma episodes. <clears throat> now, the weird thing is that even the left doesn't like the Velma show. They don't like it. They got making out lesbians and the white guys, but they don't like it. The Telegraph called it the most hated uh, TV series on TV. It has four episodes out. Velma is already, already the worst rated TV show in IMDb history. Its audience score is six. But as always, the left isn't taking responsibility for their bad behavior. A review in Forbes said that Velma is so bad, in fact, that it's spawning conspiracy theories that creator Mindy Cowling made what is essentially a parody of what the right wing thinks left comedy is really like. What? What a stupid plan that would be. It's a common tactic. If a woke comedy fails, which it always does, they blame us. 
conspiracy theorists. The left loves to whine about the dangers of right-wing humor. I don't know if you saw this, but the European Union just released an 18-page report. The European Union, that's a government body, by the way, an 18-page report on how right-wing comedy is a weapon. Now, if a conservative or if a comedian just accidentally stumbles on a conservative joke, even by accident, Wait a minute. I didn't mean that. I, I'm not, no, I'm, I, I voted for Obama. The left immediately destroys that person. And that joke, he meant that, literally. He meant that. When, when he was drawing Yosemite Sam and he was shooting, he meant that all people are like Yosemite Sam and they should Kill all people that aren't like Yosemite Sam. What are you talking about? The gist of their right-wing comedy argument is conservatives shouldn't be allowed to make jokes because their humor is actually a complex. And when they say complex, uh, they mean a mental illness. Literally, it's a mental illness. And all they're doing is calling for violence. Ironically, a Pew study from 2020 proves kind of the opposite white i'm quoting white liberals disproportionately suffer from mental illness and let me tell you it's not even a competition masks that has become a mental illness there is there is no reason to wear a mask that 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 fraud has been exposed long ago why are you still wearing a mask you you have a mental illness at this point they claim that conservatism is incompatible with political humor and that liberalism suits it quite nicely. They say conservatism supports institutions, which is ridiculous because at this point, the leftists are the institutions. You know, they're like a drunk at a karaoke bar, you know. I can sing that. I'm so much better than you. And singing. I mean, they think they are capable of humor because... As the author of the book about right-wing comedy wrote, liberals are inherently free-thinking. So here's what all of this is really all about. Liberals don't like the fact that you can laugh. But you know what they hated about Ronald Reagan the most? He was happy. He was funny. He was normal. They hated that. Hated that. He makes jokes. Oh, my gosh. They hate that you can have fun without them, that you can be successful without them. They hate what makes you happy. They hate what gives you meaning in life. They hate what would give them meaning in life. They really hate that we can laugh about ourselves. They don't do a lot of laughing. I don't know if you've known that. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen many of them really laugh. I've seen them Ha, 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 that's right. You stick it to him. I've seen that a lot. Lauren Michaels, the creator of Saturday Night Live, he said in an interview, the reason why SNL tends to roast conservatives more than liberals is, quote, Republicans are easier than Democrats. Democrats tend to take it personally. Republicans think it's funny. There is nothing funnier to me than someone wrecking me. 
you'll hear that a lot on the show. I pay these guys a lot of money. If it bothered me, it would stop. Would it not stop, Stu? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I built my career right. on making fun of you. Exactly right. And who encourages it more than anybody else? You do. Exactly right. Mm. If you can't laugh at yourself, then, you know, what? Who are you? Who do you think you are? The M&M Mars company? <laughs> With their dopey spokes candy? That's important. That's, that's, that's really important. You know. So we're going to give them a message of hope and inspiration and fun. See, conservatives think that their sincerity on their spokes candy is funny. They don't get the joke. Unless you live under a rock, you probably have a cell phone and a cell phone carrier. And you are also probably paying way too much for your service, not to mention the fact that you're one with one of those big companies like Verizon or AT&T and you're sending money to corporations who turn around and donate to leftist causes. Patriot Mobile is now offering service with all three major networks, which means you're going to be with the same three if you want to be. They don't have to do it this way. But if you want to be, uh, you like their service, but you hate their values, you can access their service without the values. You're going to pay a much uh, lower cost, which, gosh darn it, that will hurt them on their charitable giving. This also comes with a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, switch among all three major carriers for free. Now, if you want to get rid of them entirely, you're going to save a buttload of money and you're going to join a company that shares your values and will not uh, stand up, say, oh, shout your abortion. 100% U.S.-based customer service team will make switching easy for you today. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Use the offer code Beck and get free activation. It is PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 878-PATRIOT. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at GlennBeck.com. Hey, some good news. Um, I saw this story uh, yesterday in some science news. Uh, the Earth's inner core uh, looks like it's reversing its direction. And you're like, okay, is that bad? Or we don't even know if the core thing is even. We think that our magnetic field is caused by um, molten uh, metal. That is about 70% as wide as the moon, okay, inside at the core of the earth. And that is kind of, you know, in liquid lava, and it just spins, and that makes our magnetic field. That's the theory. We have no idea. The whole, the earth could be filled with geese. We don't know. So, uh, <laughs> it would be surprising, though. <laughs> it would be it a little geese. more surprising yeah, yeah, if it were geese. But, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Could be. Uh, especially if we're living in the matrix already, Stu. Hmm? So now it looks like 2009, the, the earth's core stopped rotating, you know, just a, and then it repowered up and started going the other direction. 
I don't know what that means. And scientists don't know what that means. They're like, we think it could happen maybe every 70 years, but it might never happen. But it could also be solid or filled with geese. We don't know. <laughs> well, the geese starts, you know, flying in the other direction or swimming in the other direction, whichever one they're doing down there. Right. I mean, that could easily ta- cause a rotation All change. All kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> it, it can be really loud. Geese can be loud oh and annoying. Gosh. Put your ear to the earth today and see if you can't hear. <laughs> You'll hear it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. You'll hear Aflac eventually. And, you'll know, and you will know. That's a duck. That's a duck, sorry. That's a, that's a duck, yeah. So, uh, you know, that solid metal that we're all living on that may or may not exist. See, this is where science, you got to follow the science. Okay, you got to follow the science. We know so much about the earth right now. We know what's killing it, what's not killing it, what's stopping the molten core. And even if there is a molten core, we got that down. We got it down. So on something this big that does whatever the hell it wants to, I personally think it'd shake all of us off before we killed it. Maybe that's just me, you know. But it is filled with lava or jelly beans. So if that big earth or that big volcano goes off in Yellowstone here in Texas we'd we'd be covered in jelly beans and wouldn't that be sweet could happen we don't know we here at the Glenbeck program we just follow the science the Glenbeck program